2: You are listening to Absent minded brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. The The first overall selection in the 2022 NHL draft belongs to The Montreal Canadiens. Hello and welcome to Hapsent Minded. The I'm not going to say the official podcast, but the podcast for your first overall picking Montreal Canadiens. They won when it counted. And uh, the Montreal Canadiens had the best odds entering the lottery. They still have the number one overall pick. Joining me today, my name is Jared Book. I don't think I've mentioned that. My name is Jared Book. Joining me today, Anton Rosgard, Matt Drake. Anton, we'll start with you. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well uh it's it's been a fun fun evening um and and i wasn't expecting to actually be as invested in the draft lottery as as i was especially since we've been hearing stuff about it being you know kind of a low key draft and everything but when it came down to it when it was only three teams left and it was you know a commercial break i was sitting here like biting my nails off <laughs>
2: And Matt, how you doing?
0: Of course,
1: they had to go to that commercial break too, yeah. just Always. to add a little bit of drama I, knew to it. I knew what was happening.
2: I knew it was I knew was going on. I, I kind I, of I, felt I, like I, I've been down this road before. Yeah, I was gonna say like
0: I kind of felt like it wasn't like obviously New Jersey was gonna win it. It just felt like it. Yeah, obviously New Jersey is gonna have the third, first overall pick in was six drafts or something. Uh, <laughs> But no. Yeah. Well, they don't it, deserve it. it. They don't deserve it.
1: <laughs> We deserve it. Yeah, we deserve um, it. And, and it's the
0: first first time a team will pick at home in their own, you know, city for like 37 years. That's cool as well. Yeah, and
1: you can say, you know, it's unfortunate that there's no uh, McDavid-esque player available this year. But I mean, Jared and I talked about it in the last episode. We talked about it on uh, Game Over with Andrew Berkshire. It doesn't matter that he's not a complete he? game-breaking, franchise, franchise-altering player. Who are you talking right? about? Shane Wright.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you oh, really we, sure we, they're going to pick?
1: We, we're pretty sure that's who <laughs> they are going to pick, right? Unless you're Isilkowski. Because we mentioned that too, right? That maybe you're Isilkowski has a ridiculous world championships. It goes even beyond what he did at the Olympics and ends up sneaking into the conversation. But let's face it, the, the consensus pick is Shane Wright. And I don't think... <clears throat> barring any major events between now and then that you pick anybody other than Shane. Right. And it's fine that he's not going to be a Connor McDavid. Right. You look at what he brings is potentially elite two-way center that could play in your top six. So what's the worst case scenario that he's, he ends up being a, a really good two-way second line center. <laughs> if like, it seems to me from listening to the experts, from watching him play, his floor might be Philippe Danault, and his ceiling might be Patrice Bergeron. So, That's quite all right. I, I'm okay with that. I'm totally – I mean, obviously, I hope he's more Bergeron than Danault, but you know, offensively speaking, it would definitely benefit the Montreal Canadiens a little bit more. But look, he's a great player to add to your organization, and I think you have to ask yourself the question, does a player like that get you closer to winning a Stanley Cup in the next 10 years? If the answer is yes, then that's the pick you make. And I think the answer is probably yes.
2: Yeah, it, look, regardless of, of what happens and whether it's Shane Wright, I expect it to be Shane Wright as well. But whether it is Shane Wright or not, the Canadians get to pick who they want, right? They're not depending on anybody else, right? They can go into this last stretch of the evaluation season and basically pick who they want. And, and that's that's a good place to be in. You know, so, it, whether it's, you know, and I, I, like I said, I expect it to be right. I was just going to uh, ask,
0: like, are you sure they're not going to trade it away?
2: He was <laughs> asked that. Kent Ken Hughes, Ken, Ken Hughes was asked that. He was asked, like, if somebody comes to you, are you going to trade the pick away? And uh, he said, we haven't really discussed that yet, <laughs> but I expect, I expect we'll keep the pick. Yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, it's just yeah. symbolic as well.
0: It's yeah, just a, if, a symbolism this year.
2: Right. If, if they do trade the pick, I really hope it's not on the draft floor (laughs) unless it's like to like acquire. I I was going to say, it depends.
0: yeah, exactly. It depends on the return. I mean, if it's an overwhelming return, if a team has just fallen completely head over heels with one of these players and just offers an incredible haul, a, you know, something like New Orleans saints did when they selected Ricky Williams, right. When they said like, just traded their whole (laughs) draft for Ricky Williams, um, something like that, then of course it's still going to be happy faces in, in central bell, but, but, you know, I can't imagine it being any other than, you know, Shane Wright standing there in a Canadian's Jersey. It's like uh,
2: just thinking about talking about it. I just looked it up because I want to see, I want to get it right. But it reminded me of the 2013 draft when Mm. Gary Bettman gets up to the uh, podium. It's in New Jersey and it was the New Jersey selection. And they're like, we have a trade to announce and uh, it turns out they traded the pick, uh, but they got Corey Schneider from Vancouver. Um, And and the crowd was happy about that because uh, they needed a goalie Um, and Corey Schneider turned out to be a pretty good goalie. Um, But yeah, I, he, he was like, we have a trade to announce and the crowd was like, Oh, and he's like, I think you'll be happy about it. So yeah, I I mean, there is, there is obviously that wasn't the first overall pick. That was like the ninth overall pick, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it reminded me of when you're talking about a team at home trading their first pick, like if it's for a significant roster player or package, uh, you know, it's, it's about notoriety, right? That most people don't care. You know, Shane writes the name that they're, they're all going to know about at this point, but if they end up picking somebody else or trading the pick, if they do, uh, if it's for somebody that most fans can be like, Oh, cool. That's, you know, it, it comes up to the same thing. But, yeah, I I, yeah. I don't think they're going to – they're not going to trade a pick. Um, I would like,
1: trade it if you had a guaranteed number one pick next year. So if you were guaranteed the number one next year and you get Connor Bedard, <laughs> but course. there's no way to do that, right? You, no, if you do it, no, what are you going to do? Unless you trade – and you, I guess yeah. Arizona is probably the the target. Yeah. I, I mean, I would assume they're still going to be one of the worst teams next year. But then you're relying on them sucking and also yeah. testing your luck again to say, right, well, we're going to win the lottery again just via somebody <laughs> else's pick. So it's, uh, it's a slippery slope. But like you say, I mean, if it, it's a significant roster player and like an additional pick, you know, somebody who not only is a significant roster player, but that you feel – and believe 100% is going to be more valuable over the next 10, 15 years than Shane, Wright. Then that's when you do it. You know, if somebody comes along, if Vancouver says, we'll give you JT Miller.
0: Rangers say, we'll give you Alexei Yeah,
2: <laughs> That's the name I was thinking of Anton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not that, I, I, think, not that I think it's going to happen. Not that I think no, it, it that will would happen, be interesting but, but though. That, that's yeah. If that's the offer, If you were the GM, if you were the GM, would you accept
0: like the first overall pick this year for Alexis Lavrennis?
1: Homegrown. If I was if I was the Rangers, I would probably take that because I I don't think that. Lafreniere is necessarily what they need right now. They could possibly use a really good two way center to beef them up for to get their cup window Uh, and and extend their cup window a little bit, right? Also,
0: who couldn't use like a really good top six? That's that's a good point.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Like, you know, Lafreniere, look, if I know that you know, we're talking about Suzuki right down the middle. But if you can have Lafreniere, Suzuki, Caulfield as a top line, uh, it's pretty, pretty enticing. Yeah, um, but it's also, it's also very Toronto-esque. We're just like, well, we'll go really
0: heavy on one line, maybe you know, one and a half, and then we'll just like have nothing else.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. it's look. If, if that's what it would take, let's be honest, yeah. that's what it would take. I, I don't, I don't think that that's on the table. Um, I, I don't think that that would be a possibility, but that's something that the crowd in Montreal would probably enjoy, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. that, that's the kind of buzz, like that's the kind of trade it would take, right? That's the kind of buzz yeah. you would want to generate. That's, um, but, that's the kind yeah, of people I mean, where like, if they
1: did it on the draft floor, they don't get booed out of the building and start a riot. Right? No,
2: if I think, you, I think fans would start like chanting his name and like, it, it would be like a, Oh man, I was just going to say, it would be like a Louis Lomond, but that's not oh, exactly <laughs> a good moment to remember. But, but anyway, um, enough of that uh, no but i mean yeah it'd be it'd be interesting uh, that, that uh, that's something that i would have to that that's something i would have to think about yeah i
0: mean it would be an interesting question though like if you get a chance to talk to kent Hughes and everything it would just be an interesting proposition like because obviously it's not going to happen but it would just yeah. be like i mean if you had the chance to like get a homegrown kid who can be the face of the franchise for 10 years as well who's still young and up and coming you know yeah. but uh, and i'm just the thinking- irony I was just going to say like, I mean, on a personal level, it's just like really special because obviously I'm going to come back to Montreal now for the first time in like six years and I'm going to be there for the draft. And it's, you know, first (laughs) overall pick in bell center. I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's going to be a great summer.
2: Yeah, no, it really is. And I I think that Montreal is really going to enjoy this summer. I mean, F1 is coming back as well, which is a big, uh, a big event in, in Montreal. I just think it, it's one of it's going to be a a, a good summer. Like lot, lot, we Montreal hasn't had a good summer in a while. Um, they kind of had it somewhat on the Cup run a year ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a, a fun summer in Montreal. But uh, what I was going to say is the irony is entering the draft, Alexi Lafreniere was that Connor McDavid esque to absolutely top prospect, and now you know two years later, we're like, well, the Rangers trade him. You know, it just goes to show that not uh, not everything is set in stone. Uh, and I'm not saying Alex Lafreniere is a bust at all. Uh, I'm not even saying that the the, um, the Rangers would trade Alex Lafreniere. But that's the kind of thing it would take uh, to yeah. even consider it uh, I would for, r- for Kent Hughes.
0: Yeah, I would rather really just say that the Rangers is a black hole for talent development. If you look at Capocaco and you look at <sighs> anyone other than Adam Fox and Elias I- Cherkin, who were like, up in their 20s when they got there but otherwise it's just like
2: yeah yeah Vitaly Kravtsov uh Leah Sanderson. Mm-hmm. That's not not very good and and the uh, there's there's people yelling at me I'm bringing down the vibe a little bit but uh, the guy that was in charge of those Rangers teams is uh Jeff Gordon and, well, and he's He wasn't right the coach now. No, he wasn't the coach. No, obviously no. not. And I think that you, there's something to be said about, we don't know how responsible he was for, for, you know, player development and what happened with those players. It could be the players themselves. Like there, there's a lot yeah. of variables here. I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here and saying it's all Jeff Gordon's fault, but there's also something to be said about learning from your mistakes as well. Right. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting to see, obviously, um, Ken Hughes and Martin St. Louis uh, definitely seem more, uh, focused on player development and and making a good atmosphere. Jeff Molson as well has talked about mental health uh, and making it a good place for for players to develop. So uh, yeah, it definitely um, some some interesting uh, parallels there for sure. Uh, I I just saw a tweet. Um, going down my timeline uh, and, I, and I think that it, it's a good start place to start for our next uh, the next segment of our discussion here. Uh, it's by Raphael Doucette who works for 91.9 Sports um, and was the uh, original color commentator for the, the Laval Rocket with Anthony Marcotte on 91.9. Anyway, he, he tweeted uh, in French. I'm translating it as I'm speaking, but you can look it up on Twitter as well. Uh, Guy Lafleur was drafted first overall in 1971 51 years later, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be drafting first overall. Shane Wright wears number 51. All this on May 10. Um, yeah, <laughs> Not that he needs any more pressure, uh, but uh, I just thought, saw that and uh, it made me laugh. Uh, 51 years after Gila Fleur is the first pick, uh, they have the chance to pick a player who wears 51. Um, I'm a numbers guy. Uh, I don't think it means anything, but it's, it is a a nice coincidence.
1: Well, while, while we're on the subject, I got to plug my boy as well, because we have a guy who wears number 10. Uh, His name is uh, Joshua Josh and he (laughs) just scored tonight. What his, was it his 10th? Yes. It was his 10th point of the playoffs in four (laughs) games. Let's just say he's, he's doing pretty
2: well. Yeah. It's uh, look, the the thing for the Montreal Canadiens, it doesn't really matter who they pick at number one. Uh, it doesn't really matter who they pick at whatever 25 to 28 to 32, whatever Calgary's pick ends up being, it doesn't matter who they pick at 33. What needs to happen for the Montreal Canadiens is that these players develop into NHL players and good NHL yeah. players. They They cannot afford... have this pick not work out whoever it is they cannot afford to have the next pick not work out they cannot have uh afford to have the 33rd pick not work out you have to hit on these picks and and look not every pick is going to be 100 no uh, i was
0: going to say i mean you're kind of overdoing it now like i mean a little bit because obviously a few of the the picks won't turn out to be anything special, it's always like that. But as long as you can find a diamond in the rough somewhere along the line, I mean, we see what Sean Farrell does now. We see, I mean, Cole Caulfield, just the fact that he went 15th overall. I mean, it's just insane still that Cam York was picked ahead of him. And and we see Joshua Roy, I mean, he was he was wasn't he the first overall pick in the Q in the queue draft he when he was yeah. coming out yeah he was. and and then he just like kind of looked out of shape and everything and everyone's starting doubt starting to doubt his talent and everything and and then he changes the scenery and he gets drafted and it goes to show as well like the real work starts when you actually get drafted, especially for these young guys. I mean, if you look at, obviously it's the same in in other leagues, but really when you're 18 years old, you're not a polished player. I mean, there are very few who come out and and look like Conor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Most have a lot of work ahead of them, even if the, whether you're drafted first or 150th. Um, So like, I mean, if you can find three quality NHL players in this draft with your, 11 12 how many picks the canadians have that's great and yeah well but, i
1: think but, but, the point is develop what you have which is something that they've struggled at right mm. it's not that they have to have every single pick work out. no right if we take you know let's just take my two personal favorite uh prospects in the queue right now It'd be riley kidney and joshua why are both of those guys going to be top six players they have top six potential that's all i can say I don't know if they're both going to be top six players. I think that would be a lot to ask when you get two guys in the second and the fifth round in the same draft to say both of these guys are going to be in my top six. But what you can say is if they develop those guys properly, they can be contributing players or they can become pieces that you can move somewhere else to get a contributing player that you need elsewhere in the lineup, Mm. right? Yeah, The Montreal
2: Montreal Canadiens need Joshua Roy to to become a
1: player. He needs to become a player because I think, you know, the, the fact that he's homegrown as well, he's from near, pretty close to Montreal anyways. saint de is, is not that far. Um, star in the QMJHL. So they, they do need him to work out, especially with the rate at which he can score goals. He's a better goal scorer than Riley Kidney is. So they definitely need him to work out more than they need Kidney to work out. But all, all I'm trying to say is, you can't guarantee that they're both going to reach their full potential, but what you can do is make sure that you work on the aspects they need to work on so that they can be contributors or that you have the opportunity to, to move one of them. If, if the price is right.
2: Yeah. And that's the whole, also the like, whole I thing, mean, the whole thing is like, okay. he, he just, the, the Montreal Kings have not developed offensive talent. Right. And, and Josh, no. uh, Joshua <laughs> has, that's his skill set, right? Like yep. that's, that's what you need to, to, to develop more of like, Cole Caulfield is obviously an offensive talent. They're they're working on developing him. Um, Nick Suzuki, he has skill, uh, but I don't I don't. He's not that. He's not fully offensive, you know, skilled guy, uh, front forward. But Joshua Why, that's what he is. That's what he does. Right. He's he's an offensive player, uh, and and they need him to succeed because that's what they'll need. They'll need you need to develop complementary pieces, right? You just can't have uh, mm-hmm. every now and then a, a top prospect. You can't afford to just have your can't miss prospects that 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 don't miss, right? You, yeah. you eventually need something yeah. else, and that's why the Canadians are in the position they're in, right? Because they're not getting, they weren't getting that development. Uh, but now, with Adam Nicholas, with with uh, focus on player development, um, and you know, speaking of additions to player development, there's there's another um, pretty good player from from the Bose area that uh, the Montreal Canadians want to bring into the organization in Marie Pune. Uh, so um mm. th- there's uh I, I actually did a-, a road trip to to Bose, St. George, the Bose, uh to watch her uh the the Canadian played a couple of home games there. Um so we did the road trip to, to see her there. So yeah, I mean it- it's definitely um definitely some you know some, some connection there, obviously. But yeah, th- the Canadians need to hit on more than just their can't miss prospects. It's yes. just it's happened too often where players that were good prospects, uh, Alex they were they were NHL players who had success at 18 years old. They weren't like hmm. we're not talking about players who never made it. They had success at 18 years old, but they didn't do anything to foster that. It's like when you you know when, when you see when you watch Survivor, those those uh, survival shows, and they have they start that fire. Right. And the fire burns right away. And you need to nurse it to make sure that when you have that spark, it it, it grows into a big fire and doesn't just flame yes. out after 30 seconds. Right. Like it, it's it's about nurturing your talent. And we, we saw that almost with Cole Caulfield, right? Like Cole Caulfield had a great first pro season part of it, great playoff, right? He was showing that superstar potential. And then he scores one goal in 30-something games. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on I mean- here? Like
1: you know, that's a good point to circle back on to Shane Wright, who everybody expects in the draft then, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That you have to make sure that you're working on developing the aspects that he needs to work on, because let's face it, he is expected to, to jump into the lineup. I think you guys would both agree that if they pick him, you're expecting to see him on the Montreal Canadiens next year, right? Yes. Right. Uh, at least, so, at least
2: for nine games, at least for nine games. Yeah. That's where yeah. I was, that's
1: where I was going with it. Right. Because I've said yeah. the same thing about Joshua next year is I would give him the nine games, evaluate him, and say, all right, how much, how, how much work do you need? Right. And if the answer is more than we can provide you here in Montreal, because we need you to be active and we need you to be playing. Then he goes back, he goes back to junior. And I would say the exact same thing when it comes to Shane Wright, because he lost an entire year of his development due to the COVID pandemic. Yeah right? He, so a lot of people are looking at this one season. And by the way, he had 94 points. It's not like he, you know, disappeared all season and, you know, scored five goals and then did nothing. He had a great season. He was not in OHL scoring. Yeah, he's not, like, not ratu
0: Yeah, he was year.
1: not invisible. Like, the people no. who outscored him were guys like Luke Evangelista, right? Who were already NHL prospects. And they were getting work last year. More work than he got. He played zero games. So if you bring him into camp and you give him the nine games and then after nine games, um, particularly if the Habs record is like three and six or something, why keep him there if you think he needs more work than, than you can actually afford the time to give him, right? Let him go back. Let him have that one extra year that he missed in junior in the first place. It's not a big deal. Nobody in this city is legitimately sitting here going, oh, we're getting Shane right. We're winning the cup next year nobody
2: thinks that nobody expects there, that. there's uh, always one I, I, i'd be, I'd be careful one. saying nobody yeah <laughs> well <laughs> <You're saying that. laughs>
0: there's no no one with you know their sanity intact who actually believes it
2: no, no, nobody realistic yeah, no, let's put it that way nobody nobody, nobody
1: with a nobody with a good head on their shoulders I, <laughs> maybe, maybe i shouldn't have been so definitive with my <laughs> my verbiage there but uh, the, the point is like you can afford to take your time that, that's yeah, but, all i'm trying to yeah. say and i was, it's I was the gonna same say like
0: no, I was just going to say about exactly what you said there, that I think that's the good thing about having a new management and a new coach as well, that they know, they know they have the time. They know that, you know, it's not going to be for next season. This is going to be a progress. We have the first overall pick now with the new management, the new director of hockey operations, with a new head coach who probably will sign, you know, full to, you know more than an interim tag. And then you know you go from there. This is not the same management and the same coaching staff that actually went to the Stanley Cup Finals, so they don't have that press on, uh, like you know, that pressure on them for sure. yeah. which is great.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's a big thing. Is like, and, and I think that you can make the decision, especially on Rua, before even the nine games, right? Like they'll know, you know, there's going to be rookie camp, there's going to be development camp, there's going to be uh, preseason games. I, I expect for sure uh Roy and and right maybe even kidney to get into a preseason game uh but the thing is you'll know right away right like if, if joshua Roy is is not showing in preseason what he showed say in in rookie camp last year uh then then mm. you know okay we don't we don't need to keep him up because there's going to be roster limits too right like you just can't keep as many guys you want knowing that you're going to send them down after nine games so uh, I, I think that you there's, there's different steps to that I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, I, I think that you could, they can use that to their advantage, especially if there's injuries and things like that. Uh, but at the same time, I think that you can make that evaluation early on, as opposed to being like, well, he's here. We'll see what we can do. And I think that that's what happened with his very is that, you know, it was basically, remember he came in, Nick Suzuki came in the same, the same, uh, the same summer, right. They both came in together basically uh, and and nobody really talked about Nick, Nick Suzuki making the team. And he, what happened? He got sent back. He got time to develop. He went to to, to Guelph um, that that summer, right? He got traded um, from yeah, Ole during, sound to Guelph, summer. yeah, uh, or dur- yeah, during the year or something. It was yeah. Anyway, yeah. he got traded to Guelph. Uh, went on that crazy Memorial Cup run, and then he was ready, right? And and I think that that's basically the, 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 the pattern, right. And, and the players will t- Mark Bergevin said a lot of things that um, were not really um, not, not like very s- profound. And, and I'm not saying he didn't say things that I, I, I say he, he didn't, he didn't talk about his philosophy very much, but one thing that he did say very often was the players will make the decision for you. Um, And I think that that's what's going to happen is that, you know, look, the the, the difference is, is that the the Bergevin era Canadians and even before that, because it's not just something that happened with Bergevin. It happened before him in the 90s and the early 2000s and under several general managers. I don't want to throw Mark Bergevin or even Trevor Timmons under the bus here because it's not just them. But what they did is they never they didn't help the players take the next step. They they and I think that's the big thing that needs to happen is that you know, yes, Anton was right. I was being I was being overzealous saying that they need to hit on the Calgary pick, they need to hit on 33rd. But what they need to do is they need to hit on some of these guys, and yeah. and yes, they have a lot of prospects, right? They they don't need you know, look, they have gooley, norlander, Harris, Romanov, uh Barron. They don't Maybe. need all of those guys to end up being. Top pairing defensemen, but they need some of them too, right? You yeah. don't need Wa and Kidney and uh Tuck and Mishak and uh Ulanin and you know, right, you know, right to the kale. I'm not good. but you don't need all those guys to hit, but you need some of them too, right? Yeah, that's where I actually want to
0: be a little apologetic for, for Mark Bergman and Trevor Timmons for because of the fact that they stockpiled so many picks in the last few years. So now we're seeing you know the effects yes. of that you know uh, because that's what like people talk about all the time in analytics uh, when it comes to like no one is good at drafting i mean it's impossible to be great at drafting no one is has eyes that's you know far and above better than anyone yeah. else has people talk about like in the nfl for example the new orleans saints drafted uh, had a fantastic draft in 2017 but in 2018, they like, you know, traded basically everything for Marcus Davenport, who like developed in like three years or something. So it's like it's a crapshoot. But the more picks you have, the bigger chance that a few of them pans out, obviously. And that's what we're seeing now. For example, I mean, Patrick's new darling, Frederick Dichotte, who was someone who I had, like, in 41st place when we did the top 25. He was only ahead of... No, I had him in 40th place. So I had Muppetsera and and Arvid Henriksen behind him. And that was all. And this season, he's been stellar in hockey elsewhere in Sweden. Like, these are young guys, and, like, you have a few years to develop them. And, like, if a fifth-round pick all of a sudden hits, then jackpot. Whether it's Joshua Roa or Caden Primo or Jake Evans or whoever.
1: You're laughing at
0: that point. But you know, to your point, I, I will
1: refuse flat out to apologize to Matt for anything that I've said. Um because, because there
0: is so much that you've said now. So during but, 82, 82. There, there, there is, and I
1: stand by it. I, I stand by <laughs> it. Um I think he made enough money off of our team without uh doing uh anything of, of great value for me. So I don't feel bad for it. But what, what I will say he still in the playoffs. You,
2: He's he's working for a playoff team right now. Literally, as he's, we talk,
1: he's he he is working for a playoff team, and um, you know uh, how 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 much of an effect did he have on on that playoff team? Uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and say it was a little bit limited. That's 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 the road I'm gonna go down. But anyways, enough about him. He's gone. He's an afterthought in Montreal at this point. You do bring up an interesting point that hitting on some of those fifth round picks and stuff, it it boosts you up when you have. Uh, some other players that are more sure things. And listen, I don't want to call Shane Wright a sure thing, but again, he missed an entire year of his development. This don't forget, this is a kid who got exceptional player status. And I'm gonna read the list of players who have gotten exceptional player <laughs> status, right? John Tavares, hit, right? Aaron Eckblad, hit. Uh, maybe not as much as Tavares, but hit. Connor McDavid, miss. <laughs> of course, carmen David, huge hit, right? Sean miss, Day
2: missed, missed, the playoffs, Sha- missed
1: the playoffs. Yeah, I was gonna say Sean Day. <laughs> Sean Day miss, yeah, big miss, yeah. big whiff. Joe <laughs> valeno Joe valeno jury's still out. Not not too sure, but it doesn't look like a, a big hit. No, no. And then you have Shane Wright, and then you have Connor Bedard. Uh, Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, we don't know yet. And then there was just somebody else that they gave it to Matt, the, uh, Matt Michael Michael Misa is the I was say Matt Savoy
0: and the WHL as well.
1: Matthew Savoy, Savoy I got it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, I forgot about him. So anyways, of the people who we can say the jury is not still out on, which I would argue all you can say is really Sean Day, Connor McDavid, Aaron Ekblad, John Tavares, and let's throw Joe Valeno in there as well. Uh, Joe Valeno, I I would say the jury's still out. We're not too sure. But the other three of the other four are absolute hits. So you know these guys don't get exceptional player status. They don't hand that out willy-nilly. They give it out to very very advanced hockey players for their age to let them go in early into major junior hockey. Now, considering that Wright missed an entire year comes back this year, still gets close to a hundred points, right? Not the mouthwatering offensive season that you want to see, but enough for me to say, I think he's as close to a sure thing as we're going to get without being able to actually say sure thing. I think it's, almost guaranteed that he's going to play for the Montreal Canadiens. I think the question really that I have when I look at his highlights and when I watch the games that I've watched this season is, are you going to be the top line center? Because are you going to have that, you know, Bergeron level of offense to go along with your defense? Or are you going to be a second line center? Again, I go back to my comparison. You know, if his floor is Philippe Dano and his ceiling is somewhere between Tavares and Bergeron, I'm happy with this pick. And I like his chances to get to that ceiling. Yeah, I absolutely. think they got a surefire
2: thing. And, 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 and it's it's. Well, let's go back to that list that you mentioned. I don't know if you still have it in front of you, but you have Tavares first overall pick, right? Ekblad first overall pick, yep. uh, McDavid first overall pick, and and then Terrible the other pick. ones, <laughs> and then you have the other ones. And Sean Day, he, he was a third round pick, I believe. Yeah. Uh, in his draft, so so, so that stock dropped. You know these are still 15 year old kids, right? Let's let's be honest here. Out. Like, it, yeah. it's you know, th- there's a lot of development that that's done uh after 15, but you know, it, it's not like he was a first round, gra- first overall pick and then missed, right? Joe Valeno yeah. dropped, he was he was you know, late in the first 30th. round. he was 30th on.
0: overall, yeah, so
2: yeah, th- late in the first round, uh, as well. So, I mean, these are players who's I don't want to say stock drop, but like they 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 could home. have been. But, I was going to
0: say, he yeah. could have been third overall if Jesper Kotkaniemi hadn't existed. <laughs>
2: uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, don't, but, I don't know. Not, I, I mean... It, oh, man. Just, could
0: you just, just um, a heads head, so m- m- up. Maybe fifth. Maybe, maybe he, he was,
2: replaces Barrett Hayton. Maybe he, he replaces me. Barrett Hayden. I was uh, just going to say, but,
0: uh, like, I was wrong about Savoie. He wasn't uh, granted exceptional status. He, he applied for it, but it was tonight. Okay.
2: Yes, but, yeah. but but I mean like th- those those players may have plateaued like you know first second year of junior right like it, it's not like they um you know they, they were first overall picks and and missed so I think that you know Shane Wright being in that com- in conversation the floor is is quite high <laughs> right like yeah I, I, I there's there's not many guarantees in life but but he's not a boomer bust prospect like like he is a uh, um, a player that might not have the the way I look at it and the way I I have been thinking about it is like, you know, when you have like those um, like those scratch lottery tickets where mm-hmm. you can like pay, like, you know, the $25 to get like the ones where the prize is like $5 million. Uh, and then you can buy like the, the $5 one where the, the, the prize is only like, you know, say make, like, you know, $500,000, but like you have a better chance of winning something. Uh, yeah. that, that, that that's kind of like what Shane Wright is, right? Like he doesn't have the high end potential of like the McDavid or or the Bedard, even you know that kind of thing. But but you're still there's something to be said about a useful player here. <laughs> like there's something to be said. Like if we talked about this, um, you know, on on the pre-draft lottery uh, podcast, me and Matt, if you were guaranteed Patrice Bergeron, you would be very happy if you took that first overall. If You're a guaranteed Philip Deneau, even you you'd be, you'd probably be okay with that. Maybe l- no, less
1: okay I, than I would be with Bergeron let's be honest. Uh, what I mean okay as much I, as I love as obvi- much as I love Phil the
2: Thrill. No, what, I, what I mean to say is that if that's the floor, you're okay with that. Obviously, if, if Philip Deneau is, is your first overall pick, you're you're expecting there's people behind him that are better, right? Like it, it's yeah. I, I'm just saying if that's the result it's not so bad. Like if you get a guy who can play top six minutes on a team that goes far in the playoffs um, and doesn't need to necessarily put up points and and things that like, you'll be happy with that. And and I think that Shane Wright is, is, has the potential to be a very, very, very good NHL player. I think he's going to be, I, I, I don't want to compare him to Nick Suzuki, but I think that they're very similar in terms of upside and very similar in terms of, you know, game. And um, when we were on game over, uh, Andrew Berkshire said that, you know, hears Jonathan Taves. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was obviously a third overall pick. But if you ask the two teams that passed on him, if they'd be happy, you taking Jonathan Taves first overall, pretty sure they say yes. No, yeah. they, so they would still a, want Where's Eric my time Johnson. machine?
0: They would still want Derrick <laughs> Johnson first of all.
1: Well, like, right, look, I, the comparables for right are mouthwatering, man. I hear I've heard Taves, obviously, but the other ones that you hear pretty often are Tavares and Bergeron. If he's some kind of combination of those three players, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ça sent la coupe.
2: Yeah, like like if you like look, Nick Suzuki gets the Patrice Bergeron comparisons a lot too, right? Like, so if you have like say, and I joked about this with Matt. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, Matt, but I, I've I've joked about it a lot. So excuse me if you've heard this before from me. But as Long as one of Suzuki and Wright is Bergeron and one of them is Krejci, you can win a cup with that, yeah, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You can, yeah, like you know, like, and, and especially I especially when you already have there.
0: the Pasternak next to them, so
2: <laughs> right, right, yeah, they, they kind of have a Marchand, uh, yeah. you know, Gallagher's a little older, he might not be there when oh, no. when they're competitive, but
1: and like, um. i'm telling you he's gonna come up i i believe he's got top six potential he's gonna play on a wing on probably the second line i don't know if he'd be on the top line or not but like look you got weapons that you can put around those centers if you got let's say he turns into basically a you know right turns into another suzuki Hmm. you got two nick suzuki's i'll take that (laughs) if i got suzuki suzuki is my top two centers i'm i'm pretty happy i'm liking that
0: Uh, no uh, exactly Can I just, like, I was just going to say as well, like, I mean, obviously we don't know, we don't know anything about any of these players and how their careers will turn out. They're just 17, 18 year olds. But what you're doing right now is you're playing the probability game, right? So what you can either do is that you pick someone who maybe has an 85, 90% chance of becoming a top six centerman in, in the NHL, which we all know is very, very valuable, Or you can pick someone like a Logan Cooley or a David Juracek or or a Simon Nemec who like they have maybe the possibility of turning out to be a better player in the end than Shane Wright. But there is a lesser probability that they will actually reach that potential. And there is a bigger possibility that they will end up being something lesser than Shane Wright. Because obviously... With Shane Wright not lighting it up the way that everyone kind of anticipated when he went into the OHL as an exceptional status player, people have been waiting for someone to, to you know, challenge him and they've just like fallen, fallen apart. Like two years ago, we were talking about Matthew Savoie. We were talking about Brad Lambert, the Finnish Canadian kid. <laughs> Both of those players have fallen off. Now they're like barely, well, they're, they're like borderline top 10 picks savoir can can end up going in the top five if someone falls in love with him but yeah. like then then we have these guys who are playing like, Slavkovski is playing in in Finland. He has not exactly lit it up in, in the Finnish league. He's played really well with the Slovak national team. But still, you know, we look at someone like Kapokako, for example, who had a much better season, Anton Lundell as well in Liga in their draft years. And they were, you know, not considered first overall picks. Simon Nemec and, and David Juricic are playing in the extra league and the Slovak league. And you know, we don't really know the status of, like, that quality of play, even though they're playing really well with the national teams as well. And then we have Logan Cooley, who is kind of undersized and has kind of, you know, risen to to meteoric heights with the national development team, but but still has, you know, there are doubts about his game as well. So, like, Shane Wright, there are very few things that you can question about his game. I mean, he's just really solid at everything, and he has offensive, you know, potentially elite traits as well so like it's really it should be a no-brainer
1: his his positioning and his hockey iq are definitely elite i mean Mm -hmm. david st louis for anybody listening has an excellent video on youtube where you can go look at and he says exceptional qualities in shane wright's game
0: do you mean martin st louis younger brother
1: well i don't i don't (laughs) believe that they're related uh i've I, but, I, when he was with EOTP, I don't even think I asked him about it. So we, we who knows? should maybe sell they are. that.
0: Yeah. We should we, sell that. We should a, Maybe
1: like we should, and we should call Marty up as well and see if we can all get some free tickets as a result, but he has a great video. He talks about it and he says, you know, there's nothing that he does like in terms of individual tools that are elite, but his positioning and his hockey IQ combined with above average and everything else is what makes him an exceptional player right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think because you you make a really good point, Anton, right? Maybe one of those other guys, maybe Nimich or uh, Slavkovsky or Cooley, maybe one of them has something that they do really well where it's an actual elite tool, right? But I don't think you go chasing an elite tool over a more complete player. Because if you chase that elite tool, and then he can't develop the things around it that he needs, then what do you have? Well, you, you, you got a great one trick
2: pony, that, that's yeah, actually big, that's that's the whole you know, thing is like when, when you when you look at this and look, the Canadians are going to be looking at all these players right they're not going to be like oh, okay we're first overall Shane Wright is the pick that's it we're done uh let's go on vacation yeah. for the next two months uh they're going to be looking at these guys and what you have to do is you have to take the best prospect and look uh, well, I'll go back to John Tavares again right John Tavares was the first overall pick second overall that year was Victor Hedman you can argue that Victor Hedman was a better player than John Tavares or, or was a, you know, it w- would have been a better pick. That doesn't mean that John Tavares is a bad pick. um. You know, so, so you have to, you know, you have to make sure that what you're do is your pick is good. Like it, it's, it's entirely possible that someone not named Shane Wright will be the best or, or somebody other than who the Canadians pick first overall will be the top player from the draft. It's entirely possible, but you have to make sure that the player you get still ends up being a good pick <laughs> and yeah. and, I, and i think that that's you know the, we're going to talk about these players uh, up to the draft and comparing them and after their pick we're going to be comparing them it doesn't really matter what, what matters is what the whoever the pick is what they bring to the Montreal canadians and and how the montreal canadians perform with them and, and that's that's mm-hmm. going to be the uh the thing to look at uh, going forward here
0: Yeah, because it's interesting, like you can just draw a comparison again to the NFL draft this year, which had like no clear cut number one overall pick. So like when the Jacksonville Jaguars went up to make the first overall selection, most player, most people were saying like, well, of course you draft Aiden Hutchins on first overall, he's a defensive end out of Michigan, because he can guarantee you about 10 sacks a year. Like he's a high floor player, kind of like Shane Wright. But they went and swung for defenses instead and drafted Trayvon Walker, first of all, another defensive end out of Georgia. And they did that because they believed that they can develop him into something that can maybe, maybe be something even better than when Aiden Hutchinson is right now. But like, it, w- it was someone tweeted like a meme uh, of like uh, a family guy meme or something like, oh, if we develop History Trayvon box? Walker... Yeah, if we develop Draven Walker into, like, if he develops this and this and this and this, he can become Aiden Hutchinson. So, like, <laughs> instead of taking what is already really good, solid overall, and has performed, and has shown you something, like, you can draft, for example, Juraj Slavkowski with the hope that he turns into <laughs> an Alex Ovechkin. But there may be just a 5% chance of that. But it could happen. Jared made that <laughs> reference before, right? It's yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I do love you that. want
1: do you want the boat or do you want the mystery box? Well, the mystery yeah. box could be anything. It could even yeah. be a boat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I I use I use that that clip a lot. Yeah, uh, especially when it comes to prospects because it's so true. Like, you know, like, and it's it's that way with draft picks too, right? Like you talk about like um, you know, when you especially when you're down farther in the draft, mm-hmm. um, and you're like, oh, we'll trade the pick for somebody else, and it's like. Oh, but we don't want to trade our picks because the pick can be anything. It could even be the player yeah. we're trading the pick for. <laughs> um, you know, like 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 let's say Calgary, let's say the Carolina pick, right? The, the pick that they got for um, for for Christian for Esperi then they traded for Christian Dvorak. People are like, oh, you, you can't trade a first over a first round pick for Christian Devorak. It was a horrible trade. The first round pick could be anything, could even be a guy who be a middle six center. Yeah, that's what Christian Dvorak is. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's it, it's just like you know, it, it, it's just yeah. The people like to dream, and and hockey executives and football executives, they like to dream, right? They're like, oh, if if this can be cut, like, they, they like to. I could it.
0: find Patrice Bergeron, Mrs. It, Patrice Bergeron's, you know, replacement <laughs> in the second round again. I could find Shea Weber in the second round again, but it never right. happens. No, I mean,
1: but that's the thing, right? Is you still have those second and those third round picks. Mm. And I keep saying this, and I've had a few people tell me I'm an idiot for saying this, but I believe it. That coronavirus pandemic shutdown, it cost an entire year. So we saw some weird stuff in last year's draft. Like Joshua Roy, right? Obviously (laughs) he had a lackluster draft year in general, but he also got his year cut short. So he didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in Sherbrooke, right? Because I got cut short Develop like the evaluation of players was not great for last year's draft. So you got some players who slid further down than they probably should have. You had some other players that jumped up because they had, you know, a, a short period of time where they did really well and maybe they shouldn't have jumped up. I think you're going like, to see similar things this year because the OHL had an entire year shut down.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I don't think we know enough about Shane Wright, for example, because He had a full year of not playing, and now he's just back, did pretty well, but not as well as people expected. I think you're going to see some of the same things. There are some guys – like when I look at the rankings right now for the draft, there are some guys that I think are ranked criminally low, criminally low. Don't say them out loud. Well, (laughs) I I don't think any GMs are listening to this, but like (laughs) Zume on the Halifax Mooseheads, man what the hell is the NHL Central Scouting doing putting that kid at, like, 73rd among North
2: American skaters? He had 106 <laughs> points. What do you know? D- 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 I don't know if you saw the quote that he said in La Presse, um, but he's like, I-, I don't really care what NHL-, NHL Central Scouting has to say because if they were any good at their jobs, they'd be working for NHL teams. They wouldn't be working Ouch. for NHL Central <laughs> Scouting. <laughs> he literally said that, like, a couple days before the final ranking came out. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. Like, like the... Like we're looking at Shane Wright like a prospect, a, a prospective first overall pick in his draft year, but really, when it comes to his experience, he's in the draft minus one year. The yep. only thing that's draft year about him is his age. Everything yep. else about him is one year behind. And, and when you look that,
1: at, um, l- l- sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but then take yeah. into account the, um the world juniors, right? Played two games Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were on like, especially Habs fans were on Twitter going, Whoa, what the hell? This is the guy we're going to get after this brutal season, because you had two games with a bunch of players that you never played with after not playing the entire year, the year before that. And you had one point in those two games and people are freaking out about it. It's like, what did you expect? You know, maybe he blew the doors off and uh, would that have made you that much happier? I mean, let's face it, there's been players before that have blown the doors off in that tournament that don't pan out at the next level. There have been players that didn't do well in that tournament that ended up doing very well at the next level, right? Man, it's Nick, not... Nick Suzuki.
2: Nick Suzuki in his draft Nick Suzuki. plus one year, um, or even, yeah, dra- it basically his his last year of eligibility uh, mm. didn't, he was a third-line, fourth-line player. But Ryan Failing year. was
0: the MVP. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Like there you, you go. Let, like, <laughs> look, look, let, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. The the world juniors, the Olympics, the World Championships, these are in some cases, uh, and especially for your run-of-the-mill fans, the only chance they get to see these players. Yeah. But, that's just the reality. Right. So when Yuray Silkovski scores uh, what was it, eight goals in the Olympics? Was it was it that many? Um well, however many he scored, he led the olympics in scoring they, they saw look. that people look and they saw it and that's what they're going to remember and same thing with the world juniors same thing with the world championships that are coming up um but you know keep an eye on the ohl playoffs keep an eye on the memorial mm-hmm. cup
1: oh speaking the of the ohl playoffs a- just just so everybody's <laughs> aware take a wild guess who has two assists uh tonight on three goals for his team
2: I'm guessing Shane Wright.
1: Uh, you would be correct, my friend.
2: <laughs> you would be correct. Yeah, and, and let's not just remember, remember, like right after the draft, it's going to be the, the World Juniors again. I don't mm. know if Montreal is going to let their pick go. I, I'm I, We keep saying that it's Shane Wright. It's probably 95% chance it's going to be Shane Wright. I, I don't know if they'll let him go there, but he'll be in a much better position to perform there than he would Slavkovsky, so uh, no, by no. the
1: way, I just I don't know why it goals. took me so long to pull it up. Seven goals in yeah. seven games, so that's impressive. Okay. A one no, goal I, per I, game I, at the Olympics, yeah, I, but I'll, guess I'll what? I'm, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it: you were not playing against real Olympic teams. You were playing against Olympic D teams for most countries, <laughs> especially Canada. He, he's gonna David now was on the team. David Darnet does not sniff Team Canada. You're in just salty the because Sweden, beat highest you. point of his career, I am salty <laughs> because Sweden beat us, and that's something that you know I have to live with. But this is how I live <laughs> with it is that I let you know <laughs> that it was the DJ, he, so so- he didn't beat the A team because the last time he played the A team, you guys
0: got shut out in the gold medal. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I was, I was just gonna add about Slavkovsky because I was also looking him up. Like, he had seven goals in seven games in the Olympic Games, he also had five goals in the whole season with the TPS team in, in Liga. You so like. <laughs> Yeah,
2: he'll he'll be facing better better competition in the World Championships than he will at the Olympics. Uh, he'll be facing yeah. more NHLs, yes, That's for sure. Definitely. Um, so it, it look everything is going to be a tool to evaluate these players. Uh, I'm not saying Slogkowski is a bad player, um, but I look people are going to be telling like I've seen draft experts say, "Don't let anyone convince you that Shane Wright's not the best player in this draft," and I tend to agree with them don't overthink it Shane Wright's the best player in this draft we know we know um, that
0: Kent Hughes has that little yellow post-it note now saying Shane Wright no matter what
2: <laughs> yeah. I love the I love drafting yeah. references yeah. I love it I love it so uh man yeah um uh, uh that, that's uh, like I know that that movie is not very realistic but uh it's a great movie but uh, it's a great movie um yeah, th- I think that's a good place to end it. Actually, let's end All it. Right, P. Chadwick. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, he, wh- what a what he he played so many icons. Um, sorry, it's a little tangent there. Uh, he played Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Uh, obviously Black Panther. Uh, he draft day like so many great roles and and important roles. Um, yes, definitely. Um. Rest in peace. Um, but but I think that that's a, a good place to, to end it. Uh, we'll talk plenty more about Shane Wright, about the first overall pick, about what to expect. Uh, just because the um, the Canadians are picking first overall doesn't mean we'll stop looking at prospects. We'll have draft profiles for you. We already have the top five pretty much covered uh, at the Prize. Th- thank you for listening, uh, Anton, Matt. Thank you for joining me. And uh, like I said, keep it on eyes on the prize. We'll have plenty more about this draft. It does not end at Shane Wright. The Canes have two other picks in the top 33. Uh, they have two more in the top 65. We'll have a very fun uh, lead up to July 7th and 8th. And we'll see you next time on Hapsit Minded.